Well, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, good night, whatever time of day it is, wherever you are. And we're going to take a moment to let's talk about life. It's I'm, about real life. Real life. We're talking about real life. I'm, uh, I'm accompanied today by uh, one of my best friends here, Drew Steady. Hey, how's it going, friends? And uh, I'm Keith Ashby, and we're going to just jump into it today. Let's just jump right into it. Um, we are we're going to we're, we're eating cookies, and we're talking about abandonment. You love these cookies, but not as much as me. <laughs> I don't know. I almost want to eat another one, but those, I'm not going. So for those of you who are, uh, let's be honest, there's Kroger's almost everywhere, and they own like half of the grocery store chains in America. Yes, they do. I remember being like, oh my gosh, y'all got Kroger down here? It feels like I'm home in Michigan again. I know, I know. But they didn't have the soft cookies up there, though. They really didn't. Well, so... Just just throwing this out here, you know, we're coming up the end of winter, and in Texas, it's basically already spring, but that's besides the point. I know, I'm ready to go to the beach. Oh, shit. Next week. Um, nah, fuck it this week. Anyway, uh, they make these cookies. They are pumpkin chocolate chip, and they are soft and delicious. Make and you want to slap your mother. Oh, well, they're, they're, I would never slap my mother, They're close to that good, but not that good. Boy, don't lie to these people. I mean, they're pretty, pretty good. I don't know. Uh, I wasn't talking about that, but anyway. Oh, (laughs) you want to assault your mother. I see how this is. Not mine. Oh, you want to assault my mother? No, some other one. Somebody else's mother? Yeah, she was a bitch. Smother. Okay. Smother. That's a great (laughs) You ever have friends that be like, I have to go deal with smother now? No, but uh, they never said that, but they had a smother for sure. Oh, of course. But I didn't want to slap. No, no. Most of the time. No. As long as, you know, you wipe your your feet before you walk in, she'll be okay, right? Oh, no. She was never like that. Take your shoes off. Just made sure that, uh, anyway, we don't need to go down that road because that's not what we're talking about today. Today, though, I want to jump in with a couple things. Number one, you know, we've all lived through this for so long. And at this point, if you have been living through life. Shit, I don't know how to live through that, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah, are, are we talking about the Rona? The damn coronavirus. Oh my gosh, I miss restaurants. I miss dancing. I miss concerts. I miss... I want to see the lasers. Oh my gosh, you know, we were supposed to go earlier the... Well, yeah, I mean earlier. What, what, mon- what month was that? It like, was it's like all one June, long band day. Yeah. Ju- June lie. June lie. <laughs> we Got were it. supposed to go see uh, Tame Impala. Yeah. And we didn't yes. get to go. It's going to be at Toyota. Want to get our funk on. Oh. And you know what? Those, those $250 tickets would have done us right regardless. They like, would have. But it's okay. And it but, you will know, happen again. It will. But like the fact is, is like it's not just about like these concerts and these, you know, random like appetizers, you know, at the restaurant. It's like. I don't know about you, but like the coronavirus has really opened a lot of those doors in my head that have just like things that I didn't want to deal with, things that I didn't know I was dealing with. You know, it's made me face my demons for sure. Yeah. You know, because the thing that we talk about going to concerts, having drinks out, going to restaurants with people, always going, 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 going. Yeah. Sometimes I didn't even realize that all that going was me running. Oh, exactly. It was exactly. me running from the truth of my reality, running from the truth of my existence and all this other stuff. And when you really have to sit down in silence for a freaking two months of quarantine by yourself all alone in your little 700 square foot you apartment. Can only, you can only run so far, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, at some point you get stuck with the reality that is who you are, is your life, is what is happening in your real life. Yeah. yeah. 
And, um, you know, I say all of that because if you don't face what's happening in your life now, I don't know if you ever will. Well, and it's, you know, you think about all of the, the ways that we kind of buffer through life, right? You know, whether, you know, you're drinking, you're eating, you're working, you know, you're just suppressing these thoughts and those thoughts just get louder and louder the more you quote unquote forget about them or try to forget about them. You know, I, I, I am a victim. Victim may not be the right word. I, we're going to say victim for yeah, now because I can't fine. think of another synonym that's <laughs> correct for it. But, uh, you know, I am a victim of burnout. Yeah. And, you know, I was all in on what I used to do. And I stoked that fire with as much wood as I could until I ran out of wood. And, and some. that fire burned brightly and that candle burned at both ends. And it was happening. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've jumped out now. Uh, from my old career and I'm working on establishing some new projects and maybe another career in another industry or maybe several other careers. You've got a lot of irons in the fire right now and it's super exciting. And I'll be honest with you. It it was a wonderful journey to in a 14 year span, go from being the lowest guy on the totem pole to being the second highest in the whole thing below the CEO and the owner. But what, but what had you running to those heights, Keith? Oh Lord. You know, I would say chief among them is probably abandonment. It is probably a constant seeking of validation from everyone else in my life but myself. Yeah. I really appreciate you being open and vulnerable about that because I think so many of us, again, it's that running. It's the, I'm going to do everything for you and I'm going to be the most dependable motherfucker for everybody yeah. until you have a need that comes up. Right. Mm-hmm. So where, where do you think your abandonment kind of stems from? You know, there's a lot of contributing factors to it. And, you know, I would say it probably starts kind of at the beginning It's got to start somewhere at the beginning. I think a lot of us, everything that shapes us in life does really start at those formative years of life. It's when your brain's figuring its shit out, right? Like your chemicals are building the person that you're going to become. Yeah. So of course. And And it affects the way that children interact from the world because those perceived things that happen to us when we're young make us understand how we interface to best protect ourselves just from freaking... Uh, what do you call it? Mother Nature controlling yeah. us through our our minds, our thinking. Well, mind. and our genetics, and also like the way that humans have organized themselves. I mean, we talked about this in a podcast that may come back to light before, but talking about marriage and that like classic, like you know, to be a successful family, you need to have this, this, and this, and this. And then when you don't have that, people act out, quote yeah. unquote. And and. To jump off of that point into where we're going, you know, ultimately, I was a shotgun wedding, right? Like my my mom and my sperm donor, uh, God love him, I, you know, I refer to him as sperm donor now, but at the time it was someone that she was in a relationship with. Uh, they had me pop up in the oven. Surprise! Hey! Here's Keith! And, um, you know, they have a, I have a wedding real quick. You know, I'm born seven months later and uh, life goes on. Well... Short of the story is, you know, they get they get into this marriage together as children, 
you know? Right. I mean, even at 20 or how, oh, you know, how old my mom I'm still was a child and I'm in my 30s. Exactly. <laughs> like, can you imagine? And, you know, you're told this is what you have to do. And sometimes I wonder what life would have been like if my mom hadn't been forced into the situation where she had to marry him. Because she wouldn't have. Right. Right. And, and imagine how that would have impacted you. And her. And your life. Yeah, exactly. Both of y'all. Yeah. Like, because that moment shaped her interaction with reality there forward and her interactions with you and the ways that she raised you i imagine too oh yeah and you know ultimately ultimately she is a wonderful human and i'm thankful for everything that she did but beyond that you know my my, my sperm donor used to beat my mom I don't, I'm not cognizant of this. Like, I don't visualize a memory of this. Like, I'm not fully aware of any of that. But I know it was going on. I know it happened, It, you know, as long as they were together. And then once I hit two years old, my mom decided this was it and she left. And who knows what I observed in right. that time. Because you, you don't know? remember those, like usually the memories don't really start sticking until three or four. And we talk about like the evolution of the human mind and this covering of this trauma is probably a protective mechanism. Right? Oh, and most and, definitely. And is. also it too. We just don't recall, but I'm mm-hmm. sure there are things in my life that have happened that I don't recall. And I'm also okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for real. Keep me in the dark about some of that. Like I can, only, but that's the truth, though. You can only stomach so much at a time, right? Yeah, and I, I fast forward into um, a couple years later, and you know, I remember crying myself to sleep at night as a child, wanting my dad to be there, but he wasn't. And you know, he had the opportunity to show up. Right. From the time I was two, he did a he did one of the visitations, and you know he just never came to another one, and mom right. never pressed the issue because she didn't believe that it would have been a good thing for me to know him, and it wouldn't. Right. I, and she, you know, I, I'll, I'll give my mom a lot of credit because she never said a bad thing about that man. Right. Today she's acknowledged it. Things that yeah. I've talked to her about because I've learned through other family members on that side of the family, yeah, yeah. Uh, the things that were going on. I know we're running a little tight on time here, but who knows, maybe this will be just one episode and the other one will be another. Yeah, Let's see where it rolls. Um, so I fast forward a little bit from here because one thing that I have uncovered this year is how thankful I am about having some of the positive male role models in my life through my grandfather, through my uncle, through even the owner of the company I used to work for. Mm-hmm. And I, how thankful I am that that person who was my father was not present in my life if he is the person that he has been presented to me as through my family. And, you know, from my understanding of his existence, he went through a lot of trauma. I think he lives in a place where there's a lot of blame towards every other outside force in his life about what has happened to him. Right, right. But the unfortunate part of our reality is beings on this planet. At some point, we have to take ownership of ourselves and our lives, and we have to decide to get up mm-hmm. and do the right thing and stop having a pity party. 
or we can just lay down and die. Well, and that's the thing too, that makes it super complex, right? Though, is that, you know, we all are products of what our environments were. And a lot of times our environments put us in this place where we physically can't move. It's kind of like when I think about depression and the catch 22 of that, right? Right. It's the way out of depression is to take action, but depression makes you not want to take action. Yeah. So, I mean, I know for me in my journey, it's like, how do I have, you know, compassion and empathy for these people who have also abandoned me? I mean, my birth father met me at my third birthday party. Right. And like was never really a super big part of my life. And just because he never really took a lot of initiative in the relationship, it was always me calling him. And at one point there was this one Christmas where I decided I wasn't going to do it anymore. Yeah. And it's like, for me, it's that interplay between like the, how do I recognize that he's probably facing his own trauma? Mm-hmm. Cause I know he is. And I appreciate that. But how do I also filter my own feelings through that? And I think part of that for me anyway, has been boundaries. It's like, you know, I have nothing but love and respect for him, but I also don't want a lot, a lot of people in my life that aren't going to be there or they don't want to be there and take that initiative too. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. Like, have you felt like, you know, you want to reach out to your birth father or your sperm donor, how you describe him? Or do you find that again, it's just more like healthy for you to be at a distance? That's an answer. I don't know if I have. Because the answer is I don't know. Right. Because I mean, the, that's the real answer. Yeah. Because the impacts of abandonment, they it runs deep, right? Yeah. And the other thing is, you know, this is like circles back around to my point from day one of this podcast is I want to build a space in life that allows people to be who they are, where they are, how they are. Yeah. And let's say I ever did come into a moment where I met him. I, I hope that I am grown enough in that mindset that I'm able to receive it that way. Yeah. This is not something at this moment in my life that I'm wanting to seek out. And I don't know if it ever will be, but yeah, that's the beauty of it is though. You don't have to decide right now. You know, the, the beauty of my life today is that I am so privileged to be surrounded by a mountain of people who love me and care about me and cherish me and want me to succeed and want me to have a wonderful life that they know I deserve. Right. And I think that's why there is so much power in chosen family. Yeah. Like, you know, a year and a half ago, I decided to like blow up everything about my life. You know, my partner got a job down here mm-hmm. and you know, he also had the opportunity to work in Michigan. Yeah. Not many people know that, but And he was like, you know, let's stay in Michigan. We can, you know, you can continue working for the university and in whatever capacity you want. And we can just find a place in the middle. I'll drive an hour north. You drive an hour south. Right. But I could really tell that, like, he really wanted to live here because he got along better with the folks down here, I think. Yeah. And I was like, let's go. And so, like, here I was with, like, this blank slate. And, you know, who else to, you know, I was the social butterfly of my group yeah. and now I have nothing and I'm reestablishing myself. And then just like right. that fortunate night to just sitting at this random bar at this food truck rally to have literally my new family come walk and sit next to me and join me. Like yeah. what a privilege it is to have that because just in this last year and a half, 
we've been able to really open up and become really, really good friends and be able to say, let's, let's have a podcast where we talk about abandonment and grief and our mental health struggles. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think for that, like you've made me want to be a better person. Well, you make me want to be a better person too, friends. So I appreciate that. Got to share the love. And you know, this is, this is the thing, right? Like, Despite everything that's happening in this life, we cannot let go of the humanity that we have for each other. Right. We we need to be there for each other as best we can. And look, I'm not telling you to go out and open your shoulder up for every single person who's struggling in this world. But there are people in your life that you care about. And I hope that, you know, I say this, I say this to you as the viewer, the listener. Which yeah. Way you look at this. Maybe one day we'll and videotape. Us, yeah, yeah. You know, because... Um, to be open to that space is important and you know, to just kind of drive us back a little bit to where we were about abandonment, because I'll be honest with you, just thinking about this, our initial intention was to have abandonment and grief all in this one. And I think that your story that's coming up probably deserves a whole episode. Yeah. Wouldn't let's let's continue so? abandonment because one thing that I wanted to say is like, as you're talking about love and kindness to other people, yeah, it's I think part of the 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 part of the uh, grace you can give somebody else, whether it's somebody, you know, or somebody you don't is recognizing that we all suffer from abandonment. So yeah. in Houston, like that was another adjustment for me, right? The eight lane highways or whatever people cutting me off vroom, 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 vroom. Yeah. But one thing I've learned is like these these people who are cutting people off and doing all of these things that I perceive as like horrible. They're just suffering some abandonment that they've probably faced whether and it doesn't even need to be a big thing it doesn't they might not have experienced trauma in their lifetime but they could be having a really fucking bad day yeah I and mean, it's like maybe the the goal is for me in my life anyway to just you know when that person cuts me off in traffic i can just take a breath and say you know what they probably have something that they're that's on their mind or they're hurting in some way so how angry. yeah so how can i grant them that that grace and that space yeah because, you know, pull over and talk to him a little bit. Say, how can I help you? Today? I don't know if I'd be doing that. <laughs> well, you know, it's open carry here. No, not oh, open carry. Shit, no. <laughs> uh, but there may be open carry somewhere in the state. Yeah. Well, we'll find out that when we go on vacation. But anyway. Shit. Yeah. Well, I, I want to circle back because, yeah. you know, the thing about abandonment is there, there's other situations in my life that have been integral to this. Yeah. And, yeah. you know. Through the observation of what has happened around me, I realized that I have my own issues with abandoning other things in my life, other people. Mm -hmm. And I think it circles back around to this whole moment there with my sperm donor. But if you fast forward a little bit, I must have been like six or seven. I had a really good friend growing up. His name was Andrew as a kid. And, it's a um, good name. Andrew's a great name. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, and look at this. Here we are, full circle. Another full All circle. The you, another Andrew. And um, you know, uh, my 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 mom and his mom got in some sort of dispute. The neighbors next door used to always get in a fight with andrew's parents and they were always having some petty fucking squabble back and forth and i will give them this i was a little bit destructive i was the child that you cannot give a screwdriver because i will take the toys apart good news is in general i put them back together 
Occasionally I took things apart that couldn't be reassembled. I remember pulling apart a Christmas light globe oh, that Lord. had a whole strand you of Christmas lights. You didn't get electrocuted, did you? No, they were, they were cups that are glued oh, together. Okay. And they had all these colors and they changed and they were beautiful. And I was like, hey, you think we can pull this apart? And he was like, yeah. And then <laughs> Why we not? did and then we all got, I got accosted for it. Rightfully so, because I shouldn't have pulled it apart. But either way, we were kids. We didn't know. Short of this whole story. Uh, one day... They go to start the lawnmower and there's some sort of issue. They find dirt in the gas tank and I get accused of it and it had gone on and on and on. My mom got fed up with it and um, at some point it had been happening and it was Andrew's birthday, I believe. And mm. they had a pool set up out front and we were running around having a good time and Andrew and I were having a great time and, and Andrew's parents, Andrew's grandparents grandfather told his mom and i don't want to name all kinds of names because we're not uh, here to name no. names or point fingers uh she he told her tell her what's going on tell her what's on your mind tell her what you're mad about tell her tell her what it is like at this party right and that's not the right vibe for a party it goes give me a cocktail and, and let me sit down happening right? yeah right and everybody had sat me down and made sure i didn't do it and i didn't do it like i, I know i didn't do that and um and she at that point was like if this is how it's gonna be okay so she said oh my goodness we gotta go or something oh no pick me up and we left and you and never talked to them again did you or saw them ever again and wow. just like that my friend that i used to see three four or five times a week mm -hmm. Was no longer there in your life. life right? I had no say so in it. I never got to speak to him again. I haven't spoken to him since. I have no idea how he's doing. Where he's well, Andrew, if you're out there, I hope you're doing well. Call into the show. Oh wait, we don't have a show like that. One day maybe we'll have some. Anyway, maybe. but continue though. And, and and at any rate, this is now water under the bridge. But then we fast forward to other things that happen in my life. And is this how I want to interact with a relationship that quote unquote ends or stops or changes, mm -hmm. you know, because my very first ex, you know, I burned that bridge to the ground too. And I burned most of the other bridges down with everybody else I dated in my life. Right. And then you get to this point where it's like, how, like, am I doing this because of right now? Or am I doing this because this is how I was primed to think? Yeah. And you know, I think the real scary thing sometimes is we're afraid to be our true self sometimes. I'm afraid to be my true self a lot. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid to be my true self to myself. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a scary prospect. But what's even more terrifying is someone getting to know me. Well, and what is really striking about human psychology to me is that I find that the more people who have been abandoned are the people who are most likely to abandon themselves. And that's, that's, that's some heavy shit right there. Because the thing about that is no matter where you are, you're with yourself. A hundred percent of the time. <laughs> Unless I've had one too many margaritas, but it's still, I'm there. I'm yeah. still there. And I might be singing and dancing a little more, but it's, but you still have to wake up with that reality of this is who I am and this is what I say I stand for, but where am I moving to, right? Yeah. And a lot of that comes from the messages that we get from our families, the messages that we get 
from society. And then that perpetuates itself in all other kinds of settings and behaviors that sometimes we don't even know we're engaging in, right? It's yeah. like you're sitting at a desk in school thinking about one thing and then the teacher's like, hey, stop that. And you're like, what? And, you know, apparently you're causing mayhem and not even paying any attention to it. I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, we're kind of getting uh, to the end of time here. So I kind of want to get this in a direction where we have some resolution to what we're getting. But about is there here. any resolution with abandonment? The understanding. Yeah. Of it, the dealing with it. Let's not include the, that in the final episode because, yes, of course there is. Because uh, the only way to really handle it is to open it, open up the door and go further into it. Right. You got to look at it, but here's one of the things for me that I am working on in this. Um, A lot of these relationships that I was in and the last one that lasted any real amount of time, I did burn the bridge to the ground and I'm not going back to that one. (laughs) But there were some other ones with other people that that was not fair. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you know, that was not right. And I'm not even saying that one's right. Oh, likewise. And who knows, we may yeah. open that up someday later on in my life and I mm. might go back. But what I'm working to do is this same thing. It's about understanding why we were where we were. Understanding that I played a role mm-hmm. in these relationships not working. Well, yeah. and Because, again, when we've been abandoned, it's like we're automatically at that, like, deficit mindset right Mm. like you know this happened to me this happened to me and then but you realize that a lot of times we kind of act out a lot of these previous things and we don't realize the impact that we have on other people too right yeah grace is a hard thing you know Right. Me and my therapist were talking the other day and it was like the th- that my homework is to give myself grace because at some point it all circles back to I'm mad at me now mm-hmm. for these bridges I've burned. I'm mad at me now for not maintaining some of these relationships and not giving these people a chance to even just be in my life anymore. Mm-hmm. And the other side of that is I got to give myself some grace for what's done. Right. That's it. I can't go back and change that. I can only make things better from here. And my hope for everybody moving forward in this life is that we're more cognizant of the ramifications of what happens when we completely remove ourselves from someone's life. And here's the thing. From my understanding of the reality of my life as it is today, it was probably the right thing for my sperm donor to not be here. And maybe he knew that. And if and if of his own cognizance, he stepped back because he was afraid of the things it would done to me, and that was it, then I'm thankful because I am growing to love the human that I am today. And this has been a long road. I mean, we we 30 years old now, baby. But we're getting there. And I, I mean, for me, that's where I want to leave this on this abandonment. I hope that you interject anything else you think here. But, you know, I love people and I hope that we take care of each other. It sounds like Jerry Springer, how we used to end the episode. I forget. He's like, make sure you take care of yourself and each other. And it's like, man, we just saw all kinds of ridiculousness on this show. But... 
that's the ultimate grace you can give yourself, right? Is to be able to really honestly look in the mirror and say, you know what? I did the best that I could today. And sometimes our best isn't where we want it to be. But the fact is, is that there's always chances to grow. And I think part of that comes from being able to lean on your support system and also being able to ask for help. So I feel like if any of our listeners are experiencing any of that, that you find the support that works best and means the most to you. Yeah. Take care of yourselves and the people you love. (laughs) Join us next time uh, on Let's Talk About Real Life when I talk about grief.